The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscaping professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of four best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Now, here's your host... Paul Jamison. I hope you are doing well, and today on the podcast, we're going to do something fun. So my friend Justin Rogers from Louisiana, he's a big-time YouTuber over there. His YouTube channel is forever self-employed. He's got almost 600 million views over there and uh, close to 700,000 subscribers. Well, anyway, we did a live stream and he was interviewing me, asking me about my entrepreneurship journey and what I've learned along the way. And so on yesterday's Green Industry Podcast, we played part one of that interview. And today we're gonna have the conclusion of that interview. And if you wanna watch the interview, make sure you check out Justin Rogers' YouTube channel, Forever Self-Employed. So without further ado, here's part two with Justin and I talking business. Oh, no, absolutely. So essentially what lawn mowing is within the structure of your business is like a low cost leader. So like the way that like Costco offers like the chicken in the back of the store where they don't make any money on it and they actually lose money. It gives them the opportunity to get people into the store. I think that's a I think that's beautiful. And I've always wondered because it seems like lawn mowing is one of those things where it's kind of a race to the bottom a little bit Mm -hmm. and everyone's constantly undercutting uh, each other. And so I've always wondered, how do you get to the big money in lawn care? And so it makes sense. I'm always preaching on the channel. Like once you go on somebody's property, they like you, you're trusted. They want to go with you. They want to bring you in to do as many services around the properties as you possibly can. So that's a beautiful, I love that. And the exception I would give from my market here in, in Atlanta is I have a friend, Josh, all he does is lawn mowing. However, he does what's called real mowing. So that's when the mower spins like this and, and cuts it like this and cuts the grass like a half inch. Um, that those are the mowers that they use on the putting greens, the fairways, the 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 tee boxes for golf. And so a lot of folks, because we have Augusta National Golf Club here in Georgia, a lot of people are like, I want my yard to look like a golf course. And so you can actually put what's called a growth regulator on the lawn, so it it doesn't grow too frequently. And you can cut it with a real mower. Well, now, and and Josh has some customers, he does three times a week. So the regular guy is just mowing once a week. Josh is mowing three times a week and he's doing a specialty mow and he's charging, you know, in some cases up to double the price. And so that's where the money is. If you are going to do lawn mowing as you do, you do specialty real mowing um, like that. I was just hanging out with a a YouTuber, Jason Creole from the Lawn Care Life channel. Um, Last week we're at um, Exmark in Nebraska and he was like, you know what? He, he had two lawnmowing businesses and he's out there sweating on his lawnmower. And I think he was charging 40, 45 bucks to cut this person's yard. And the Furt and Squirt guy shows up and, and Jason was on the property for almost an hour. By, by the time he mowed, then he had to weed eat an edge and then he had to blow. It was about an hour for his 45 bucks back in the day. 
And he, and he watched these Furt and Squirt guys show up and they go and they're there for eight or 12 minutes and they do their little wand and they're not even sweating. And he, he asked them one day, he's like, Hey, what do you charge her? The guy's like 72 bucks or 75 bucks, 80 bucks. And he's sitting there and he's like, all right, you were here for eight minutes or nine minutes or 12 minutes. You're, you're not sweating. <laughs> And you made 80 bucks. Now, I know there's material costs and all this, but his brain was going. And he's like, here I am for an hour sweating like crazy in Alabama. I'm sure it's hot in Louisiana like it is here in Georgia and Alabama. And so he just got to thinking, he's like, what am I doing? And so literally now he sold his lawn mowing business because of math. And all he does now is furt and squirt, meaning he does seven applications a year of fertilization and weed control, and he does zero mowing. And so... I guess I'm known as the lawn mowing guy, but I, w- I want to be clear to people. Like if you go into this with only cutting grass, you're missing the point. The, the, the big companies are cutting grass to do enhancements. And then there's other people like Jason, who's like, forget cutting grass. I'm going to do fertilizer and weed control. Now me personally, I don't like the smell of glyphosate. I don't like the smell of chemicals. I don't want to deal with that crap. So, and I think it's therapeutic to mow, but, um, I, I, I'm not a big f- in the furt and squirt. Even for 10 years, I always subcontract that out to my buddy, Russell Skipper. But um, I just want to be honest with people. I don't, I don't want to persuade people to go mow grass. I want to persuade people to go mow grass, learn how to market, and then make sure you're the person. Uh, this was a crazy story, Justin. Yeah. This guy's name's uh, Luke out in Sacramento. He called me one day. I, I do one-on-one coaching where I coach people and and he, um, one of my students, and he was telling me, he's like, dude, guess what happened, Paul? He said, I showed up to my customer's house and somebody else was choreating. And he felt like his wife was cheating on him. He's like, what are you doing? And he, and he, after he saw the guy leave with the choreator, he told the customer, he's like, he's like, I do choreating. And they said, we didn't know. And I was like, Luke, you gotta, you gotta market. Like you gotta tell them in advance. Like if you, uh, you know, California is different in Georgia. You know, we it here late April, early May. But so you got to tell them in advance before you get to April and May that, hey, we offer aerations and, you you know, you can use MailChimp or, you know, one of the mail email services to let your customers know we offer this service. Here's when we do it and get them signed up. So but you want to be you want to be getting all that low hanging fruit, aerations, fertilizer, and weed control, flats of flowers. Pine straw is huge in Georgia. Some of y'all don't know what that is. Mulch in, in your neck of the woods, maybe. That's what you want to be doing if you're doing lawn mowing. So I, I know a lot of people just start off with lawn mowing and, and, and the numbers won't work if all you do is mow and your prices aren't high enough and you're not efficient. But if you can get those other enhancements dialed in, then the lawn, the lawn maintenance world uh, makes a lot of sense. Okay, beautiful. I love that you came on and shared that because like I said, I've always been curious how they make it work. Uh, One of the things that my buddy Judd told me one time is that we need to switch the framing of how we think about it. We need to go from service businesses that market to marketing businesses that offer services because at the end of the day, it's it's a game of who has the best marketing, mm-hmm. right, Paul? Like you could have an inferior product, like that guy might've been inferior at aerating. However, since the customer was aware that he aerated, they went in and brought him in, right? Yep. It, it was a, it was a wake up call for Luke and the entitlement that he just assumed his customers knew, no, you got to let him, you got to, you got to be out in front of that. And so it was a, it was a wake up call for him, but, um, is like, it's a no brainer. If you're mowing someone's yard, you absolutely, um, just not, I've actually talked to a guy, a uh, Helena chemical, they sell the pre-emergence and all that stuff. And I was talking to Warren. He, he's like the main guy there one day. 
He's like, you want to know what the best thing you can do for a yard is, Paul? And he sells all this chemical. He's like, it's a core aeration. And, and he's like, I don't make a dime from core aerations. Uh, but he's like, I'm telling you, that's the most healthy thing you can do for turf because it, it lets all that air get down to those roots, which makes them stronger to fight off weeds. And basically, in 2011 and 12, I was trying to do fertilization and weed control. And that's when I was always going to Helena and I was always talking to Warren. And he would explain this stuff to me. And then one day, it was funny, Justin, he sat me down because I'd always go in there and I'd always be nervous. Like, hey, what's, I take a picture of weed. I'm like, what's this? What I got to buy for that? And he sat me down one day. He's like, Paul, because I'm going to be honest with you. He's like, call Russell Skipper. And so I called Russell Skipper, who, who lives in Atlanta. I was like, hey, Warren told me to call you. And so from that moment on, Russell, who has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably even over a thousand customers now, he, I just subcontract everything out to him. So, um, for example, I charge my customer $400 a month to mow, edge, trim, blow, furt, and squirt eight times a year. And then Russell would send me invoices and I would just pay him, but I'd give him the addresses. And then he kept all my, all my yards weed free. Cause I was starting to play with the one percenters, the pristine, you know, the nicest yards in Atlanta. And I wasn't competent what I was doing. So Warren was like, you don't want to screw up the head coach Atlanta Falcons yard. You know what I mean? So he's like, just call Russell Skipper and, and have an expert do it. So, so that's beautiful. So you referred the leads out to him, and you got a, like a commission on it, essentially. Uh, well, if we we kind of the way we worked it out is I would give him the address, and he would use he was using something I think it's called Real Green or something the the CRM he was using. So he would look at everything as his wife Amber would look it up, and she'd be like, "Okay, that's going to be sixty two dollars a service." So I would quote when I'm quoting the customer. I have a, a way I'm quoting the job. I'm like, okay. And we do year round service in Atlanta in this neighborhood. So it's like, okay, 52 services a year at $75 a pop. And then I'd, I'd put in, if I'm going to do whatever else I'm going to do on the property. And then I would do, okay, eight services. If Russell's going to charge me 62 bucks, you know, I might be like, okay, eight services at 85 bucks. So this is a small little spread. So I didn't like get a commission kickback from Russell, but I would make a spread in the price that I would give the customer. So I would give them one price. And this is another thing, Justin, I made it so convenient for him. I use a CRM jobber. I would say, okay, there's going to be $400 a month. That includes your mowing, edging, trimming, blowing a light, light pruning up like a canopy on the trees every year to like 10 feet. And that includes your fertilization and weed control. So I may, I offer him all of that, make it super easy. And I say, all you got to do is, is, you know, we'll get a card on file and I'll charge it the first of the month. So January one, you'll get charged 400 February one, you know, all the way through the year, obviously we'll be here more in June, July than we will be in January, February, but we'll do all of that, make it super convenient for them. And then I let them know in advance, we also offer mulch. We also do flowers. We also do queriations. That's extra, but I'll let you know the price ahead of time and, you know, always in writing, get their agreement. And then you just charge the card on file. So making things convenient so they don't have to pay a fertilization company and then pay a lawn guy and then pay a aeration company. I'm the one-stop shop. And uh, that, I love that. Yeah. And then, uh, cause one of the reasons why I wanted to bring that up is like a lot of people are afraid to bring anybody else into their businesses. Like maybe they're, maybe they're going to be competition, but you have a little bit more of a collaborative, I feel like with bringing him in to kind of do part of it. So would you advise, you know, maybe teaming up with people rather than it, going the opposite it's, way? It's dangerous. If you have a quality subcontractor, my first few years, I was swinging and missing on irrigation guys. I had some crooks. This one guy, really bad uh, situation I went through with the irrigation guy. 
eventually I found Rich, who is excellent. Um, he, he does irrigation and he also does lighting. I found an amazing um, Georgia certified landscape professional who can design, you, you know, like on the grid paper, draw out the whole house and, and, and put where the plants are going to go and do all of that. I didn't know how to do that, you know, in the early days. I've taken classes and I've learned more about that, but I found someone, Jamie Germain, she does it amazingly. So over time, I built a team to cover everything. I didn't do stump grinding, but I found Scotty. He does amazing stump grinding work. Um, and I found Chance, like I mentioned earlier, who, you know, did the 115 trees. Now, some of them were big, some of them were small. I guess 115 stumps would be the better way to say it. But that was above my skill set, swinging around like Tarzan up on these huge trees over a lake. You know what I mean? Um, the tree falls down and hits Ben Roethlisberger, right? No. Right. But, but I found I found people who are reputable. And once you get a team of, of people you trust, then it, it just makes like it makes it so pleasurable because then when they're when they have a pleasant experience with Scotty um, grinding the stump or chance cutting down the tree or Jamie doing a, a big level installation or whatever, it makes me look good. Vice versa, if they do a bad job, it makes me look bad. But I, I surround myself with A plus winners like A, 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 uh, meaning these guys are the best. And, and so you. You, you need your team to be excellent if you are going to get subcontractors. Okay, completely agree. I, I kind of want to touch on a couple more things. You got yourself in front of the right customers, Paul. How would you recommend that others do the same? I know you said one was through Google, um, and then from there you kind of leveraged you know, the lady who had the complaint. But what are some other ways that you got in front of the right customers? Because people that get into you know maybe some smaller neighborhoods, it's not where the, where the money's really no, at, no, some no. of this maintenance stuff. Um, when I met with Kenny at Panera, he told me to go where the money is. There's a famous bank robber that Larry King, the the great interviewer, was interviewing. This guy was in prison and, and they caught him and all this stuff. They they brought him out of jail or prison for the interview with Larry King. And Larry King's in there and they're like, and this guy robbed so many banks and got away with it for so long, eventually got caught. But they're like, why did you rob the banks? And the bank robber like looked at Larry King like, that's a dumb question. He's like, that's where the money is. So you want to go where the money is. Landscaping is a luxury service. The people on the, the poor end of town, right? They're spending their money on lottery tickets and, and, and vaping. And like, they're not spending their money on sod and flowers and, and stuff like that. I'm not saying, I got to be careful how I say this, but the wealthiest zip code in your area, those are the people that take pride in not cutting their grass on Saturdays, but spending time with their family and they, they take pride in their yard looking nice and they're spending money on this stuff. So what I would suggest is find that neighborhood in Atlanta, right? It's country club of the South. It's uh, I worked in St. Ives country club. I worked in um, river club in Swanee. That's where the head coach of Atlanta Falcons live. Now they fired him, but um, it's a whole nother story, but um, Sugarloaf country club in Duluth, like find out where is the nicest country club in your city. I grew up in Canton, Ohio, right? The nicest country club was called Glenmore. If I was in Canton, Ohio, I would run Facebook ads. You can make a geo perimeter, right? You teach Facebook. You probably know this. You could draw a map around where you want to market. I would, I would market to that neighborhood on Facebook. If you're going to do mailers, mail in that neighborhood. If you can get into that neighborhood physically, go to that neighborhood. So go where the money is and then get a route density in that neighborhood. And the only way that works is if you have a squeaky clean reputation, because 
when you're in the country club where they're all multimillionaires or millionaires, you, you have to be a multimillionaire to be in Reynolds Plantation where, where Ben Roethlisberger and Coach Smith live. Multimillionaire. You, you, you can't be a millionaire and survive there. It's, it's big money there. But guess what? All them people talk at the pool together. They talk at the tennis and the, the pickleball courts together. They talk at their cookouts. If somebody does good, word spreads fast. If somebody says bad, uh, does bad, word spreads fast. So in those rich communities where I recommend you working, they're they're strong community people. They're, that's how they got wealthy. They understand networking and they they network together. So my suggestion is go where the money is and then market to that that neighborhood. And, and it's changed my life um, working for over a decade. I worked in those three neighborhoods, River Club, St. Ives, Sugarloaf Country Club. And it's all big money, right? It's dentists, it's business people, it's CFOs, it's the athletes. It's, they even have, I, I don't want to get your channel flagged. There, there's high-end people, even that they're crooks <laughs> live in those neighborhoods <laughs> until they get caught. So, but that's where the money is. Go where the money is, market to that. Don't waste your time. Like if you're in the restaurant industry, then you can serve food to the poor and the rich. Whoever wants a hamburger can get a hamburger, right? If you're talking about $10,000 jobs to remodel someone's front yard, the richer, only the richer in, in volume are spending money on those luxury services. And don't fool yourself. Landscaping is a luxury service. So you, you got you to gotta know that. And I have guys I do coaching calls. They live in like rural Illinois and they're like, Paul, they're, you know, my customers are missing their teeth and they live on like 10 acres and they want bi-weekly cuts. And I was like, I mean, that's part of why there's a book by a Jewish, I'm not Jewish, but I, I read a book by this Jewish guy named Daniel Lappin. And he explained why the Jews are the wealthiest people in the world. The book's absolutely fascinating. Um, it's called Thou Shall Prosper. And he explains that in like the Forbes 400, the 400 wealthiest people in America, the Jewish population is less than 1%. Yet on that list, I think they have like 40% of the people are Jews or 25% of the people. It's, it's crazy. There's like over 100 people on that list are Jewish people, yet their population is only 1%. So in this book, he explains how they do this. And how they do it is they stick together in a community. And he explained, in a city, you have more opportunity. And so if you're going to start a landscaping business, I wouldn't do it in rural Illinois. No offense to my boy Aaron's lawn care out there who I'm talking about, but if you come to Metro Atlanta, guess who lives here? Shaquille O'Neal. Guess who lives here? Cardi B. Offset. The athletes. The Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson actually was my neighbor. It was a crazy story. It's a true story. Allen Iverson lived in my apartment complex. He spent his $200 million and went broke. And he lived in my apartment complex in Atlanta. But um, true story. Ric Flair. I used to see him all the time. The, the wrestling guy. I'd see him all the time at Kroger. And all these people live in Atlanta. So go to Atlanta, go to Tampa, go to Dallas, Fort Worth. It, it, the, the point of that book is you got to go where the money is. When you go to where the opportunity is, when you go to the money is, then you have so much more opportunity. So I would say if you have a home service-based business, don't be living out in Timbuktu. Go to an Atlanta white hot market, Charlotte, Nashville, Dallas, I could, I, you know, I don't have a list in front of me, but do those cities make sense, Justin, where there's opportunity? Are you ready to grow your lawn care and landscaping business at Lightspeed? Hey, I'm Cody Owen with Lightspeed Social Agency, and you have heard me talk shop right here on the Green Industry Podcast and every other lawn care podcast you listen to. 
I hope that you have taken advantage of the expert knowledge I've given in those interviews, but I want you to experience the power of putting Lightspeed behind your business this spring. Sign up for Facebook and Instagram ads management and put my team's years of experience to work in your business. Hey folks, Paul here, and you don't want to miss the Equip Exposition this October in Louisville. You can register before September 7th for the early bird price of only $12.50 using code PAUL. Dive into a world of 1,000 exhibits and hands-on demos in the industry's ultimate proving ground. Check the link in today's show notes to save big and register for only $12.50 today. Are you tired of struggling to explain price increases to your clients? Look no further. The Green Industry Podcast has got you covered with our price increase letter template. Simply download, customize, and effectively communicate your price adjustments with ease. Visit greenindustrypodcast.com today and take control of your pricing strategy. Absolutely. That's where you need to go. You said you didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I've made like several... Uh, shorts on this notion of like, go where the money is. And essentially like there's two types of people, right? There's the people that value the time more than the money that they would spend to have the service done. And that's really who you want to target. And then there's people that value the money that they're going to spend over the time that they're going to be relieved of by not having to do the service. So essentially two types of people, you got to go where the money is because then those people value their time more than the money they spend to do the service. And once you, once I did the Atlanta Falcons Defensive coordinator. He was my first one. Then he's like, hey, Paul. He's like, we got a new coach coming in from the Cowboys, Coach Henderson. I want you to be Johnny on the spot. Take care of him. So then I went over and I did Jerome Henderson's yard for years. And then now I'm doing Coach Smith's yard. I'm doing Jerome Henderson's yard. So now Ricardo Allen, he moves into the neighborhood. And I, I just mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing your uh, your, your coach, Jerome Henderson, and your, your who Ricardo played defense. So Jerome Henderson was like his immediate coach. And I was like, yeah, and I also do Coach Smith's yard. And he's like, okay, I know their names. I know where they live. So he, I instantly had credibility with them. He's like, yeah, sign us up, dude. So now I do Ricardo Allen. So then when Robert Alford came to the Falcons, I, I was talking, um, Ricardo Allen's wife talked to his wife. I go over there. I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing Ricardo Allen. I'm doing Coach Smith. I'm doing, it was like this, this never ending chain. So then I got Robert Alford. So then uh, Raheem Morris moves in next to Robert Alford. And I'm like, I tell his wife, like, oh yeah, we do Robert Alford. We do, we do, uh, we do Ricardo Allen. We do Coach Smith. We do Coach Henderson. And so now I have all the credibility in the world. Like, oh yeah, sign us up. Then I do them. Then the business people are like, man, you're, you're hanging out with all the Falcons. Like, who are you? And I'm like, so it's like, uh, you know, Greg Woodstock, for example. He he did Shaq's yard. Do you know how much credibility that is when Shaq goes to just some wealthy doctor's house that says they want a pond and they go on his website and they see him with Shaq? Now he has a credibility. If you go to my Instagram reels, I have pinned um, the work I did for Lowe's and me with Shaq. So now when all the other brands go and they're like, oh, wait a minute, this guy works with Lowe's and Shaq? Like, well, will, is, will he be even, are we even worthy to send him an email? And it just, it, it I, I don't know how to explain this without coming across. I don't want to come across as haughty, but you have to get some of those big people in your community and they don't have to be um, athletes or celebrities. They could be a, a rich doctor with a good reputation, but you need to get some of those notable clients and then you need to feature them on your website. Like we've done work for this person, or if you can get their endorsement, 
that's the best. Um, so you got to start somewhere until you can get your at bat with one of them. And then like I shared my example of name dropping all those names, I would literally, that was my marketing plan. When I'm in the neighborhood, I would intentionally name drop. Oh yeah, I do. So-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And they all know who those people are. So it's like, I had all the credibility in the world and Justin, guess what? I had the highest prices in the neighborhood. I had premium pricing and I could, I could demand it because I had that reputation that I was, um, I had an impeccable reputation. I still do because I, I value that. So I love that. Honestly, when you get to this different tier of customer, they want to pay a higher price. They kind of scoff a little bit at lower end pricing. And that was a real, you know, mental shift for me was that these people want to pay more. Cause like mm-hmm. one time we did a commercial bid and we lost out on it. We, we charged, uh, we were quoted at $10,000. The person who got the bid was at $30,000. And it really like shook me for a while. How could somebody <laughs> charge him three times more than me get the job? And it's because at some point with these people, they associate a higher cost with a higher quality. And especially mm-hmm. when you team that up with all the other, you know, uh, resources and other people, I think it just works out that for you to make more money. Right. And, and there's so much research about that. I'm not in the handbags, but like the Louis Vuitton handbag, it's the same one as the, the ghetto one at, at, at Walmart. Right. I mean, if you, right. if you look at them, they're not that different. If you took across the logo and the, the branding and people will pay outrageous amount of money for the Louis Vuitton or you fill in the blank, like, you know, the Rolex watch, if you look at it, it ain't, it ain't that different than a watch you could pick up at Walmart, but it's people will pay thousands and thousands of dollars more for it. It's the same in the home service industry. When you're in those neighborhoods, it's, it's weird the way they work and they, they, they call it keeping up with the Joneses and all this stuff, but it's like, they, like they want to pay more. They, they want their car to be more. One of my customers had a Lamborghini and a Ferrari stacked on top of each other in his garage. He had like this car thing. I don't even know, I don't even know how to explain it, but they would, cause he only had a three car garage and they would stack and they just like, they wanted to pay more. That guy had a tennis court in his backyard and a swimming pool and all kind of interesting things. But like, yeah, right. they, they literally don't want the, they want to pay the best guy, the premium price. And then they brag about their friends like, Oh yeah. So-and-so was our builder. So-and-so is our painter or so-and-so is our landscaper, you know, stuff like that. So. Right. They want to work with the best in their city. And when you kind of position yourself as that person, you know, uh, and then Paul, I'm going to ask you one more question then we could wrap, but like, as far as, you know, within this space, there's a lot of saturation. I think there's a lot of people that obviously have lawnmowers and want to provide a service. So let's say you were to restart your entire business in a new space. How would you gain a competitive advantage over, you know, just anybody else in the truck? You know what I mean? And how could you kind of leverage up like you did? Yeah. If I could start over, I, I would have went out to Reynolds plantation Give you guys free advice here. <laughs> Tony, Tony Rudolph, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man. My boy Tony's crushing it out there. I would go out to Lake Oconee. That's where the the it's the third, last I saw it was the third wealthiest per capita region in America. So I'm sure the Hamptons up in New York. I don't like cold weather, so I wouldn't go there. But you know, there's big money in the Hamptons, right? There's um big money in Lake Oconee. If you go to Nashville, right? Uh wherever, look up. Where is the highest per capita income wealthy region? So I would start there. I would only build my business there, which I know where it is in Georgia. It's in Metro Atlanta and it's in Lake Oconee. So I would go there and I, you know, I would, I would rinse and repeat. I would, I would do the mowing to get all of the enhancement work. And, and I, and I would do that. Now the big money is in the hardscapes, but I, to be honest, I don't like hardscapes. Like I, I just don't, 
that's not my flow. It's like, it's therapeutic to me to, to mow grass. It's therapeutic to me to do sod installations. Um, I like doing that stuff. The, the, it's like a hierarchy. It's like mowing grass is at the bottom. Then the, the mulch pine straw, stuff like that. And then the installation where you actually dig a hole and you put a tree or plant in the ground. And then the hardscape, that's like the next level tier where like the profit margins are bigger. But I mean, that's, that's basically um, the recipe, but if I could just get a few customers that are super wealthy and, and just kind of take care of their yard, there's one in Sugarloaf Country Club, there's one house. They had a lawn care guy. They paid him an annual salary, but part of it was he could only have one customer, them. And these people are so rich. It's it's absolutely crazy. They had like 12 or 14 of the most exotic cards you've ever seen in their gigantic mansion. And I, I would just, I'd always, I'd always drive by cause you have to go by their house to like go to all the other houses in the neighborhood. And their landscaper was always smiling. He was just chill as cool as a cucumber. He's always smiling. We're all stressed out, you know, and he's just, he's so happy. And, and those people are so rich, but they like, they just hired one guy to take care of their property and, and you can get to kind of that level. Um, but I would go to those neighborhoods and, and work for very, 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 very rich people and make them super happy. Um, that's what I would do. I love how you said that you would move to where the money is. I think that's another one of the 100%. themes of, of this video because a lot of people are like, well, Paul, I want to make it happen here. Well, no. it's like maybe where you're at isn't the best location for, you know. And there's there's a list that you can look at. I live in Forsyth County right now. I'm fixing to move, but I live in Forsyth County. We're the number one wealthiest county in Georgia and we're ranked 14 or 13 in America. Look at that list. Now, outside of Washington, D.C. is like the top five or six counties. Then like your New York City suburbs are up there. And then it's the L.A. ones. Then it's um, I think it's called I forget the name of the county. It's the Franklin Brentwood area in Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville. I think that's ranked 13 in and Forsyth County here in Atlanta is 14. We're, we're like neck and neck for Nashville and Atlanta is like the first cities to rank outside of that D.C., New York City, L.A. market. But Look at that chart. And I got a friend up in Indiana is always complaining to me about how there's no opportunity up there. I'm like, dude, get your butt down to Atlanta or Nashville or Dallas or one of these cities, Charlotte. Charlotte is booming. I was just there last week. Dallas is booming. Nashville, I'm going there next week, is booming. Atlanta, you know how many celebrities are moving from LA here? It's crazy. Uh, it's like you got to come to one of these cities. And so, and I'm not saying I just named four. I don't like cold. Uh, I don't like cold weather. So, so the oh, New funny. York's and stuff like that's not on my list, but like look into Charlotte. And if you are going to move to Charlotte, like look into where's the wealthiest part of Charlotte. And if you can't afford to live there, live 12 miles over where you can afford, but build your business in that neighborhood. If you're in Atlanta, build your business in Forsyth County or over in Lake Oconee, which is in the middle of our state. So absolutely, you got to be in, in Tampa, Dallas. I mean, Florida's got so many cities. I mean, Naples, uh, I don't know. I don't want to name them all, but Florida's like, dude, get your butt down to Florida. No state income tax. There's money all over Fort Lauderdale, Naples, all, all over the state. So yeah, you, you got to go to a market where there's opportunity. And, and um, I'm not eloquently saying it, uh, Justin, but, and this is hashtag not sponsored or anything, but thou shall prosper. Again, I'm not Jewish. I'm not propagating. I'm just saying the Jewish people are so rich. And there's a reason why And the book actually tells you. And part of their secret is guess where they live? New York city, right? Los Angeles. They go to these opportunity places and um, 
they they understand that we got to go to a place where there's opportunity and and they migrate to to cities there are more cities than just that but uh that's that's a big part of their success is they put them they don't live out in the middle of Kansas they they that's, live they live where there's there's opportunity to to rise to the top of the real estate market the banking they're huge in the banking and investing and and so they go to those those capitals of those industries I love that though. I love that mindset of, of move to where it's at. Cause I've never heard that before. Uh, last question for you, Paul, if you were to do anything different with your business, you know what I mean? What would it have been? Did, or were there any big mistakes? That oh you made? yeah. I, I alluded to it earlier, Justin. I didn't know my numbers. Um, 2011, 12, 13, 14, I had dumb luck because somebody at the nursery told me to triple my price. So uh, like if I'm doing a, a landscape install, he's like, yeah, just add up how much the plants cost, the trees, the flowers, whatever you're doing, the sod. And he's like, just triple it. So that's all I knew. So I would do that and it would work. And I made a bunch of money on installs. But when it came to mowing, I didn't really calculate my numbers and I didn't know my break even point. And so long story short, my mowing prices were so low because I was talking to the other guys like, hey, what do you charge? And they're like, 45 bucks. And I'm like, okay, sounds good to me, 45 bucks. And my, my prices were, were, were so low. And I had John Pajak. Um, I did like a four hour coaching call with him and he walked through all my numbers. Um, my, my mentor, Rich had me print out all my bank accounts and he, he, he went through all that with me. And basically they diagnosed my prices were too low. So I spent three or four years literally working at Carabas because my business was, I was busy. I had good customers but I wasn't making enough money. It was all because my prices were too low. And it was part of my mentality too. I didn't have enough like worth or confidence to charge, to put my shoulders back and to tell, you know, tell the customer a higher price. And now I, ha- you know, now I'm confident in doing that, more confident in doing that. But that was one mistake I made. And I went through several bookkeepers, but when I hired a good one, they're down in Pensacola, Florida, the Coberleys, uh, Megan and Joey Coberly they really helped me understand my balance sheet, my statement of cash flows, my profit and loss statement. I just talked to them a few days ago. We go through all my numbers. They point out um, how I'm performing, what I could be doing better. So in a summary, I would say, know your numbers, like really know your numbers and charge what you charge, what you're worth, like charge more. uh, If you're doing a good job, charge more than you are right now. And if everyone's telling you no, then then maybe your price is too high. But until you're getting a steady dose of no's, keep keep seeing if you can can raise your prices. And that's with the um, asterisk that you're you're doing quality work. You can't you can't be out there doing shoddy work and charging a lot. But if you're if you're actually serving your customers well, charge charge for it. So that was my biggest mistake. I wish I would have learned sooner is to to know my worth and charge more and get my financial organization faster. I, now everything's. I dot my eyes, cross my T's, and I feel like I understand what's going on. But um, yeah, I should have done that a lot sooner. I think that's one of the things that everybody kind of starts with because in the beginning, you don't really know your value, right, Paul? It's just kind of like you're just kind of going about it. You're like you're excited about big opportunities and you kind of undercut yourself because you're like, I don't want to lose out on this. So I think it's all about that, um, you know, the evolution of the business. In the beginning, you start low and then over time, you start to realize your value a little bit more and you start to be like, hey, how can we maximize on the amount of jobs that we do? Because you realize your time is finite. There's only so many yards you can cut in a day, only so many uh, customers you can service in a day. So completely agree with that. Um, Paul, every guest that comes on the channel has to pick the word of the day. What would you like the word of the day to be? The word of the day? Yeah, it could be any word. doesn't matter. Money. 
The word of the day is money. If you guys made this far in the video, comment down below money and I'll hashtag your real one. Paul, anything else before we wrap this, man? And you know, I know you're a big pressure that? washing guy. I'm going to Nashville, Tennessee next week to the huge convention. Um, I'll be podcasting there. Uh, pretty cool opportunity. So I'm an absolute rookie at pressure washing. I actually did a job after you were on my show and I, I and I, I think I did a good job. So I, I took your advice and I did the double thing and the customers was pretty happy. So um, was there any lines in the country? No, no, not this time. It was, it looked like the Cincinnati Bengals beforehand. <laughs> I went back to that customer's yard, made it right for him. He's my friend. So it was, it was, it was low pressure, but I, I made it look good. So. Beautiful, beautiful, man. And what he's talking about is the cross, um, cross hitting the driveway if you're not using chemicals. It's a great way to go. In the beginning, Paul, I'll be honest with you, before I knew that, it was like a big mind boggler. I was like, I don't understand why there's lines in these in this concrete. I'm taking my time. I feel like I'm doing a good job. But you don't know what you don't know. And, um, you know, when you start implementing certain things, it starts moving the business along. And that's why we make these videos, man, to help people out. So, uh, Paul, thanks for coming on, man. And until next time, hustle hard and get that money, baby. Peace. Well, thanks for hanging out with Justin and I today. He was on my podcast, if you go back in the archives, uh, a few weeks ago. And it was a lot of fun uh, catching up with him. I actually have that video of Justin when he was on my show on the YouTube channel, Green Industry Podcast YouTube channel. So you can watch that over there. If you want to watch Justin and I's conversation from today, that's on his YouTube channel, uh, Forever Self-Employed. And if you want to uh, know what's going on in the community and how you can grow your business, we've put a lot of time into enhancing uh, our resource center at greenindustrypodcast.com. So we have an events tab over there uh, that's going to let you know the dates, uh, the events, my, basically my itinerary where, where I'm planning on going. Uh, we got the Equip Expo coming up, uh, Launchpreneur Academy Live. Uh, we have the Lawn Care Life Conference uh, and so many other things that's going on in our community. We have all of that information posted over at greenindustrypodcast.com, as well as all the tools and resources you hear about on the show. So I recommend Jobber for a CRM, Footbridge Media for a website company, of course, the Landscaping Bookkeeper uh, for my bookkeeping services. And we have all of that information Easy, convenient for you at greenindustrypodcast.com, as well as the Know Your Numbers e-training program, the price increase letter uh, template, all of that stuff, y'all. We've made it super simple for you, um, and we've really made some um, great upgrades and changes uh, to greenindustrypodcast.com. So if you're looking for tools, the events, um, recommendations, all of that is over at greenindustrypodcast.com. So check that out. Well, thanks for listening to today's show, and we hope to catch you on the next episode. Don't miss your chance to level up at the 2023 Equip Expo in Louisville, Kentucky. From October 17th through 20th, you can explore the best in landscaping and hardscaping across the 1,000 exhibits. Make the most of this event and use my promo code POLL to save a whopping 50% off your registration. Just check out the link in our show notes and let the growth of your business take center stage at the Equip Expo. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.